This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And this is Ping.TV slash Gold. All right, folks, so think about it. Try to think about it this way, right? Let's just make this simple here. So think about the problem in Sri Lanka. The problem was that they created this subsidized economy of goods, right? Of fuel, of food, of medicine, and fertilizer. And then that led to a collapse, an economic collapse, in part. You know, they did other things. Obviously, COVID land helped with that as well. And then they come in and they provoke this reaction. The reaction from the people is, please save us from this economic collapse. And then they offer a solution, the circular economy. Think about what happened here. We talked about it a few episodes ago. You villainize the police, whether they're right or wrong, doesn't matter. You villainize the police. This way you get them to stand down because they don't want to risk their own careers. And then you actually provoke and encourage more crime by changing laws and regulations so that criminals can run in the store and steal $999 worth of stuff without getting in trouble. And so you create this environment of more crime. And then people... Their reaction is, please stop the crime. And then they come in and they go, well, we have new facial recognition technology, and that's going to help us fight crime. See, it's always problem, reaction, solution. This is how these guys do it. They're brilliant. They are brilliant. I hate them, but they are brilliant. Article goes on to say, for example, items such as fertilizer, food, medicine, and fuel are among the subsidized items which lost the government more than 1.2 trillion rupees from 2006 to 2020. See that? So fertilizer, food, medicine, and fuel. 
uh, they subsidize it, so they lost over a trillion rupees. All right, see how they create the problem? It goes on to say a few other issues pop up as more immediate concerns, such as unjustifiable revenue reduction through tax cuts, the printing of currency, as well as lack of strategy and timelineness in debt restructuring. How could a circular economy help Sri Lanka? Now, let's just go back in a second. So you see what's going on here? So they subsidize fertilizer, food, medicine, and fuel, creating this 1.2 trillion rupees that were lost. Then they claim over here that they have unjustifiable revenue reduction through tax cuts. Oh, God forbid they give people tax cuts. Printing of currency, right? That creates inflation. And then lack of strategy uh, and timelineness in debt restructuring. Okay, well, that was all done. The strategy actually was to create this situation, which they clearly were able to pull off. And even if it's not real, they just have to make the people believe it. They have to sell the illusion. When people believe it, then they want a response to it. And the response is going to be, technocracy. All right, it goes on to say, there is an urgent need for correcting some of the strategic and structural issues that have festered in the country. Passing the true economic cost of living to the population and having schemes and policies to support the most affected with a transition plan over a period could be one such correction. At the same time, there is no better time for Sri Lanka to consider some novel economic concepts that will help citizens to maintain their quality of life as it was before it says some of these strategies come from what is broadly known as the circular economy don't worry folks we have a solution for you we've been waiting on the sidelines but we have it all figured out it says an alternative economic model that designs resources for regeneration allowing it to function while providing the best economic value and delivering the required utilities let us look at a few in particular one repairing economy with asset ownership especially of imported assets becoming unaffordable to a large part of the population repair becomes an attractive option to extend the life of existing assets oh don't worry folks we're gonna build back better build back better right with the cost of acquisition becoming significantly high as the currency devalues activating a repair economy will require create employment in the current high-risk job environment, providing skills for repair, and standardizing the skill base through providing professional credentials to repairers may attract talent for work, while initiatives such as opening repair centers and strategic partnerships with manufacturers may help with establishing continuous demand. Wait a second. I thought these guys were broke. How much is this going to cost? How much is repairing the economy going to cost to plug the holes of the economy and the government who has no money? I thought the whole economic collapse came from the fact that they overspent, gave away free goods and services, and then gave out tax cuts and never planned for this. But somehow, don't worry, the big guys are going to come in. They have a solution for you. 
Number two, sharing economy. Not only has asset acquisition become significantly more expensive for a large portion of the middle classes, but maintaining the already acquired assets has become a challenge. On the other hand, assets such as vehicles will be heavily underutilized as operating expenses such as fuel become scarce in supply and become unaffordable for frequent travel. Hi, uh, Wide Awake Jim is going to get into this, folks. This is what we've been on to here, part of the scam and the scheme. So it says operating expenses such as fuel become scarce in supply and become unaffordable for frequent travel. That's orchestrated. That's a problem that they're creating. This is being created out of the Bank for International Settlements and the United Nations because they are putting this carbon tax on everyone using this fuel. So they're driving up, they're artificially driving up the cost through taxes, through penalties, through fees, as they try to steal it, as I mentioned to you earlier. They're going to steal the fuel. They need access to the root source of the energy that they are going to need to drive the technocracy. Why do you think the technocracy's original documents were a fuel-based governmental system? Because they had to control the natural resources and all of the fuel, including the food that you eat. They can't control the oxygen. They'd love to, but they're going to control what you breathe out. They're going to charge you for that. And this is how they're going to take control of all this. It says schemes that pool assets and share them among many users and other uh, differential pricing to distribute demand for usage may work well. More local User-centric versions of business models such as Uber, Airbnb, would be much needed not only to share housing and vehicles, but essential items such as tools, equipment, and electronic equipment office spaces. In addition, wider communal access to small items such as toys, books, and tools can be created through libraries for sharing, right? So we move into this rental-based economy where you own nothing. Now, as the World Economic Forum talks about it, then all of this stuff, all of these things, all these goods will be concentrated into the hands of the few. Right now, you will see it through private sector, Silicon Valley-based, CIA-funded companies coming out of Silicon Valley, right? Like Uber, Airbnb, and such. But but right now, and this is all part of the uh, World Economic Forum model that was written about in 2016 in Klaus Schwab's book, The Force Industrial Revolution. I'm not going to pull that up for you today. But when they get into the gig economy they talk about how companies are able to control all of the taxis they're able to control all of these rental properties they're able to control all this stuff without actually having to hold any of the assets or what they would say are liabilities so you and i own the cars we're putting them to work for uber and these guys uh and they actually control when they're driving when they're out there when they're making money but you actually hold the note on those uh that system i believe is actually going to change i think that is a bridge system eventually the private sector which is just an extension of the state are going to own everything so don't think of the united states government 
necessarily owning all the vehicles. Think of the state, as I told you, as an extension. It's a public-private partnership right now. That's what makes up the uh, system, which is the technocracy. Uh, That is what is the technate. So they combine together under the public-private partnership. They will control all that stuff, which means there's no more private ownership inside of the system. And what you're seeing them talk about right here is this rental-based economy where you'll own nothing. You just rent it from the state, from the system. All right, folks, let that set in. When we get back, we'll finish up this article. And then I have a video from Franz von Holten, who's going to explain the circular economy to you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard, folks. All right, so let's finish up with this. We went over uh, one, which is repairing the economy. Two, which is sharing economy. And now we're three, which is performance economy. And so it says, Sri Lanka's situation exposes the true cost of living and the cost of ownership. In a performance economy, which encompasses one of the economic principles of a circular economy, a smaller number of asset owners will take custodianship of assets to keep them in use and provide services to many users based on consumption. You got that? That's what I just explained earlier here. I have it highlighted on the screen now for the video audience. It says, in a performance economy, which encompasses one of the economic principles of a circular economy, a smaller number of asset owners will take custodianship of assets to keep them in use and provide services to many users based on consumption. And that's product as a service, right? So you will own nothing. You will own nothing. You will own nothing. I'll go back to this highlighted on the screen from the Technocracy Inc. Energy Certificate where it says the individual owns nothing, right? And so now you have the World Economic Forum marketing this as the circular economy where you will own nothing because only a small number of asset owners have control of the goods and then they lease them to you as a service as and i said this will be controlled by the private sector puppets of the government working together in the public private partnership that is the state that is the system that is the technate it goes on to say this concept is invaluable when the assets are relatively expensive and complex hence needing a specialized value chain for product component and material assembly and disassembly refurbishing, remanufacturing, and repair. 
Now, does that not all sound very much like what comes out of the original technocracy papers? That's why I said that stuff is the blueprint for this. That is the founding documents of what we're currently living under. Right now, they're just refining and implementing this stuff step by step by step by step. That's why technocracy is a science of social engineering. They're engineering us into the system. And as I said, you and I, if we're woke to this, if we're truly red-pilled, we recognize that this is coming. But our kids and grandkids are born into the system, so it is their culture. If all of a sudden there's no cars and you have to pick them up at the state garage to use them, your child grows up in that system. To them, that's normal. So they're engineering generationally. They're engineering generationally. It's, it's really brilliant, I told you. They'll slow walk this in, folks. It goes on to say, the advantage of a concept like circular economy is that the payment is related to the level of consumption rather than what is being paid to get access to the asset. For example, the price of ownership. See, circular economy is that the payment is related to the level of consumption. What did I show you in the technocracy study guide documents on how you were going to be charged for the car that you use owned by the state based on the consumption? And if you don't use it, so let's say you rent a chainsaw from these guys, like you would do from Home Depot, but you go down and you take out a chainsaw for 24 hours to cut down some trees in your yard that you don't have because you won't own a yard inside the Technate. That'll be gone. But let's just say, hypothetically, you get a chainsaw and then you use it for 30 minutes and you bring it back 24 hours later. And then they look in the database and they go, well, the average that a chainsaw is used in 24 hours, let's say because a bunch of professional artists rent it usually uh, is seven hours well you're going to be charged seven hours worth of energy certificates not the 30 minutes you used it because that's your penalty for not bringing it back for not using it because when it's sitting as far as the scientists and engineers are concerned you're wasting it it's not being used it's just sitting there and they don't like that they don't want that so they talk about engineering your behavior so that you'll either come back and return it right away or if you're going to rent it for 24 hours you're going to use it for the full seven hours all right it goes on to say charging the user's performance provided by the asset for example charging for a washing cycle in a washing machine where the manufacturer owns and installs at a user's premises helps users get access to products that they can't afford to buy significantly raises their quality of life creating more equitable distribution is this not rent a center folks all right Years ago, I was doing an investigative project in New Haven, Connecticut, in the inner city. And I used to go to some really crappy drug dealer infested projects to meet with some women that I was uh, building a case around. We were doing a live um, sort of uh, courtroom case on a radio show I was part of because we were trying to provoke the state into having committee hearings with these witnesses, these whistleblowers I had found. And so we did a live trial on the radio. So I used to have to go out to their houses to meet with them and look at their documents that they had taken from some of the agencies they worked at. And so I would get to the like most rundown section eights, you know, inner city jungle dump. And they would have a BMW in the driveway. And then I'd go in the apartment 
uh, going down the hallway, there'd be dirty diapers, syringes, like hypodermic needles, all kinds of stuff. And I'd go in their apartment, they'd have like a $4,000 leather couch, a 49-inch uh, flat-screen TV, everything. i say, oh, my God, how'd you afford this? Rent-a-center. Rent-a-center. So this is rent-a-center. It's the rent-a-center model. That is what the circular economy is, folks. And remember, if there are goods and services they don't want you to have access to, the engineers just stop supplying them. Remember what Howard Scott said about the rail cars, the trolley cars? That there were people standing on the outside platform, it was dangerous, so the politicians put up a sign that said, don't do it, they passed laws to say, don't do it, they had the police try to enforce it, the engineer comes in, he removes the the, uh, platforms, so people can't stand on them. So, if they don't want you to have access to a 49-inch TV, they just won't make it, and you won't be able to rent it, it won't exist, and because you don't have access to the means of production... You can't make one yourself. Nobody can go into the black market and start making this kind of stuff because it's gone, right? So this is how it works. And you see it real case scenario here being pitched as a solution to the problems in Sri Lanka caused by the same people who are now offering the solutions to the problems that they created. See how this social engineering actually works? It goes on to say, can circular economy be an opportunity for recovery? The dire economic situation faced by Sri Lanka is alarming and tragic, but at the same time, it provides a much-needed opportunity and drive to make key structural changes to the economy. The insights gained during the crisis can bring opportunities and drive the future economic outlook, not just to survive now, but to thrive in the years ahead. That sounds like me, folks. Learn to not just survive in the matrix, figure out how to thrive in the matrix. But they're offering the solution to thriving in the matrix is to rent everything. See, in the technocracy, in the technate, you are not allowed to build wealth. I explained that to you. Now I'm going to keep bringing back these themes. Remember back in the early days, I used to bring back drilling a hole in your head and putting the brain chip inside there. I do this to try to cement these ideas into your head. Not like a brain chip, but I want you to remember this because it makes it easier for you to explain this to your friends and family, to show them what's here and what is coming. And so you see right there, they're talking about surviving versus thriving, and they're going to let you thrive because you're going to have access to the goods. You're just not going to own them. You don't get to own assets. You don't get to build wealth. You don't get to pass that on to your children or grandchildren. Not in this system. In this system, you're allowed to rent what everyone else is allowed to rent. You're just not allowed to own it. You can't buy a nice car, save it, and pass it on to your grandkid. Not allowed. Not in this system. All right. There's a box here on the World Economic Forum website. I just want to review this quickly, and then we're going to go right into this video from Franz von Holten to fill in the blanks of everything that I'm missing right here. But it says, what is the World Economic Forum doing about the circular economy? It says, the World Economic Forum has created a series of initiatives to promote circularity. I told you, there are the marketing arm, there are also the connective tissue, the Chamber of Commerce of the Public-Private Partnership, which is the technocracy. It says, one, Scale 360 Degrees Playbook was designed to build lasting ecosystems for the circular economy and help solutions scale. And uh, there's a link here. Eventually, I will pull this up. I'll probably do it with Wide Awake Jim. 
because he can probably explain it uh, better than I can. It says, its unique hub-based approach, launched this September, is designed to prioritize circular innovation while fostering communities that allow innovators around the world to share ideas and solutions. Emerging innovators from around the world can connect and work together ideas and solutions through the Uplink, the forum's open innovation platform. It says, discover how the Scale 360 playbook can drive circular innovation in your community. And you can click there if you want to learn more about it. You see, I'm telling you, it, it involves a lot of people to build the technocracy. We are all part of building the technocracy. I'm guilty. If you're carrying around an iPhone or an Android or whatever, you are helping build the technocracy. It is our culture now. It is the religion. Number two, a new circular cars initiative, CCI, embodies an ambition for a more circular automotive industry. It represents a coalition of more than 60 automakers, suppliers, research institutions, NGOs, and international organizations committed to realizing this near-term ambition. CCI has recently released a new series of circularity roadmaps developed in collaboration with the World Economic Forum, the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, McKinsey and & Company, and Accenture Strategy. These reports explain the specifics of this new circular transition, and you can click there as well. Now, one of the things that's very important about that, you would say to yourself, well, if there's 60 automakers, and remember, in the technocracy documents on transportation, they talk about how they want to get that down to one. It'll be one state manufacturer of cars. They will control it. There's only one model. Well, you say, there's 60 automakers. How do you get them all on board? How do you strong arm them? Are they all individual companies? Why don't they just say screw off? Well, that's not the case. And Wide Awake Jim will explain this. Through BlackRock, through State Street, through Vanguard, what they do is they come in, they buy up shares, and then they'll control, let's say, uh, 30% of that company's shares, and then they together have the ability to drive the direction of that company. They force them into the ESG models, into the carbon credit games. So they're not allowed to say no because they're controlled. That's how they control the companies and push them into this. I'll show you soon that Saul Alinsky actually helped uh, create this model back in the 1960s. He had figured it out on the uh, community organizing level, how to force these companies to do things that they don't want to do, folks. All right. When we get back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the silver lining in all of this. And I'm making a note of it now. I want you to understand exactly how this stuff can be stopped. I'm going to talk in generalities about it because we're going to get into it in depth with Wide Awake Jim. If we do that special with Mike on the Hot Wire, we'll really talk about it there. It's really important stuff. I'm going to show you how weak these folks actually are, and we're going to finish up with the circular economy so you have a full understanding of this model, this one piece of the technocracy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back in this circular loop of commercials that are about to play for you and that put dinner on my table. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 